0: Power Women Podcast for your career and your life no matter what business you're in.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Northern Power Women Podcast. Happy New Year. I can't believe it. I hope you all enjoyed the festive season and we are back 2024 for another year of the Northern Power Women Podcast and what better way Start 2024 by being joined by the incredible podcast producers, Sam Walker, award-winning broadcaster, presenter, host lots of other things. Hello, Miss Walker. (laughs) (laughs) Full, very full of wine and food from the last two weeks. Bit cold because I've been in England for the first time in ages. Hello, Simone Roche. How are you? It's lovely to be here. Do you know what? It's great. We always love, every podcast, I always love the pre-chats, but this was, I think, I think our pre-chat was probably definitely one of those after hours um, Northern Power Women podcasts. We've always talked about doing, you know, they did like late night, late night Women's Women's hour, hour. yeah, yeah. I definitely think there needs to be one of those with some of that wine uh, or non-alcoholic beverage, whatever you, wherever you choose So, how are you doing? You've been on your travels, haven't you? Sort of back in Arizona, Australia, London, everywhere.
0: It's been, it's been amazing, actually. And, you know, I'd moved to America, can you believe it, five years this May is when I moved to the States, which is insane. It's t- It's been five minutes and 100 years since I moved. But yeah, I, I decided ages ago to come back to the UK for the first time since we moved for Christmas to see friends and family in London and then, of course, in Manchester and Leeds. So had a brilliant time there. But then um, my mum has lived in Australia for the last 25 years. And I thought, you know what? I'm kind of that side of the world. I'm going to go and see my mum. So my mum's not been very well for a while. So I really wanted to make sure that I, I spent some time with her, you know, one-on-one. So headed down from London on the Dreamliner to Perth, 17-hour flight, man alive. Goodness me, I know. But then, um, yeah, back to London for Christmas and round Cambridge and then Manchester for New Year. Uh, went to see people in Leeds. Just amazing to see people. You know, living in the States has been an amazing, amazing experience. But I really do miss people and I miss that northern warmth. I mean, Americans are very warm people, actually. I know they've kind of got different reputations depending on which part of the country they come from. But, you know, in the southwest where I live, really warm, really friendly, that southern hospitality. But walking into like Sainsbury's in Manchester on the day of being there and just getting, you are all right, love it? Why is cup good? Be-? Oh, love it. Missed it. Missed it a lot.
1: And it's funny how we talk about the warmth, human, so the warmth of the Northerners when it's we're all sat there in our slipper socks at the moment. It's flipping freezing, isn't it, Without puffer jackets? On. I
0: know, I know, right? First time I've been cold in a long time,
1: but it was good. When you're on the Dreamliner for 18 hours, uh, flying over from the States over to Australia and then on a another plane over to the UK and back again, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about as you were thinking of the year ahead? Or are you thinking about what? your achievements are, what you've just done in the past year?
0: I think all of those things. I think as someone who runs a business and is a mother, you know, my, my girls now are pretty much teens. I've got a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. So they haven't got that sort of, ever sort of tugging at my skirt. Well, I need, I want my tea. I need a nap. You know, it's not that sort of parenting that you do when they're little. And someone once said to me when I was doing a podcast about parenting, that it's, this is the era of the potted plant parenting, where you basically have to be like a potted plant in the corner of the room. The kids need to know that you're there, but they don't want you to actually interfere and do anything. So it's that kind of weird where you're kind of on call and you have to be present and you're, you know, how was your date? Fine. That's the most you're going to get out of them. You know, I walk into my 16 year old's room and she'll just look up from her computer as if say yes. And I'm like, hi, darling, you all right? She's like, yep. And she has that poised look. And I'm like, you're just waiting for me to leave, aren't you? She's like, yep. And I'm like, okay, I'm here if you need me. So I think even though they don't, need you in the way that small children need you still having that time on your own and being away and being on a plane I'm thinking no one's going to ask me for anything no one's going to ask me for the password to the Netflix account or you know where the where the sports kit is or anything like that and so having that kind of clarity of space is really good in those times but you're right I've also thought a lot and I think 2023 has been an insane year I've had some Amazing, amazing times. I've stepped out of my comfort zone in ways I never ever thought I would. I've had some really difficult times and continue to have some tough times, but you know, such is life, right? And we're all at the age now where I think when we hit a hard season of our lives, we go, Oh, I've been here before. It'll be okay. I'll get through it. And I know I'll get through to the other side. But I think, you know, one thing I've done on those flights recently is do a lot of writing. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but the first time I think I, I presented the Northern Power Women Awards back in Manchester, um, I talked about the fact I was writing a screenplay. And guess what? I'm still writing the screenplay. But I tell you what, I had a huge hiatus in the middle. It's something I felt really passionately about. It's stories I wanted to tell. And then this year, I think with everything else that's gone on in, in other ways, I've stepped outside my comfort zone and done things that terrified me it's also given me that impetus to carry on with this. And now, I'm now calling it the screenplay that needs to get picked up because I don't have a pension. So that's suddenly become this very urgent thing that not only do I need to finish writing, but someone needs to buy it because I don't have a pension. So it's uh, it's kind of like when people go on, and I think it was um, one of the, oh, what's his name? He's a scouse comedian, John Bishop. He... He went on a tour, I think he said, the wife needs a new kitchen. And that's what he called the tour. And that's what I feel I'm in now. I'm in that I don't have a pension. I need to write this screenplay phase
1: of my life. It feels, do you know what, again, that's another thing. Peter Kay did the same, didn't he? You know, mum needs a new bungalow. The same kind of tour. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so I know um, I, we've talked about this before. Now there was some massively into sort of big New Year resolutions. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely not. It's something I've never, I've never tried. I've always been a Lent girl. Um, I've always felt like New Year is is not really realistic. But is that is that kind of one of your? Um, goals? Is that, you know, you've given it a name now.
0: Yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm not doing any huge changes, but, you know, last year I did something I never, ever thought I'd be able to do. And that was run the London Marathon. You know, I went from someone who had done a couple of 10Ks for charity in previous decades. I'd run for the bus now and again. I was not a runner, did not consider myself a runner. And then I was offered this opportunity and I just thought, if not now, then when? And if not me, then who? It really was one of those moments. I've just got to grasp this now and just go for it. And I did it and I ran the London marathon and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. The training was horrific. I doubted myself all the time. I found it incredibly difficult. I didn't sort of reach a point where I went, oh yeah, I get this. It's easy. I found it so, so difficult. And it was one of the greatest, greatest things I've ever done. And that made me realize if you set your mind to something, You can pretty much do anything. And I know it's a huge cliche and we can all say that, can't we? Oh, if you set your mind to it, but actually doing it, actually walking the walk is very, very different from talking the talk. And, you know, also this year I started to embrace more creativity in my life. So yeah, my writing very much part of it. I still love making podcasts, love running my business, what goes on media, but I started to do more creative things. So I took up the piano. I started writing a lot more and I started doing um, improv and acting courses And it's something I'd always thought about doing when I was younger, but oh, why me? No one would be interested. And, you know, all those voices in your head that come along and tell you to shut down that thing you've always had a niche to do. So I ended up this year getting on stage and actually performing um, with other improvisers in America, which was just incredible in front of audiences. You know, it was all the terrifying things all at once. And I've loved it. And I thought, you know what, 2024... I need to lean into all of this and just do more of the things that really do scare the pants off me because when I do those things, I know now that's when I feel my best I feel most myself and it's quite frustrating that I don't feel most myself when just sitting on the sofa watching telly eating chocolate because that would be much easier but it turns out I feel most myself when doing things that absolutely terrify me so there you go that's what I want to keep doing. And
1: you talk about the marathon training about you know you, you waited for the if you like the penny to drop or waited for it to kind of kick into step literally and it just never did so I how that doesn't work with the whole is the best thing you've ever done. It, 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 at what point? Do, and you're doing it again. You're doing it again. This sh- makes no sense.
0: I'm doing it again. So I signed up. I, and you know what? I found out that 875,000 people applied for the London Marathon, and I think there are 17,000 places, and I got in. And for me, that was a big sign from the universe, going, "This is what you need to do." So I've started running again. I couldn't run in the summer in Arizona, which really frustrated me because it's 47 degrees. It drove me insane. And I can't run on a treadmill because nothing in life would make me more unhappy than running on a treadmill. Um, But uh, for me, it was the, let's keep seeing if I can get to the top of the mountain, even though every single step is really painful because I just want to see if I can get to the top. And when I got to the top, I realized every single step was worth it. Every single step. Running around London for five and a half hours in April last year was just one of the greatest, I can't even begin to explain it to you. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Everyone is screaming your name. The crowd is just egging you on. They are, I mean, we're not talking about, oh, go on, Sam, you can do it. We're talking, come on, Sam, look at me. You can do it. These are like people you don't know are just like staring you in the eye, grabbing your arm, really egging you on. You're like, this is incredible. Running over Tower Bridge, running past the Houses of Parliament. It's just the most amazing feeling. And I remember it really struck me When I turned the corner on Birdcage Walk just down from Buckingham Palace and I saw, oh, the end line, the finish line of the bloody London Marathon in my sight. It was there, uh, something I thought I would never get to. And the instant feeling I had in my head was, oh, no, it's going to be over. And that just knocked me for six. And I went, oh, my gosh, I don't want this to end. Even though it's agony, you know, it's dreadful. I didn't want it to end. And crossing that line, it was euphoric and amazing. But I was also devastated because I was like, can I do it again? Can I do it again? Can I do it again? Um, and so that's what I'm trying to remind myself of. And I ran 10 miles the other day in 32 degree here in Australia with no shade. And a venomous snake was on the path in front of me. And it was, it was awful. I was thinking, what am I doing this for again? But I know why I'm doing it because it's for that feeling. And I, I can't wait. Can't wait.
1: So what do you say to people out there who have got that ambition or that goal, whether it's to run a marathon, do improv, play a piano, and they see a venomous snake on the route? What do you do? Actually, what did you do?
0: (laughs) Oh, I just was, I literally was at this, I was about nine miles at that point. I literally went, really? Really? really, that's what you're throwing at me now? A ruddy venomous snake. It was a, oh, I think it's called a daiku. I forgot the name of the snake now, but I was like, oh great. I looked it up and it was like, you've got 15 minutes from when you get bitten. I'm like, fine. Um, I'm not phased by snakes because of Arizona, but still I saw it and I was like, give me a break. But um, I, I think the main thing to remember is don't be surprised when you're scared. You know, people say, feel the fear and do it anyway. You actually have to feel the fear. And guess what? That's frightening. And I think people go, oh, you're so brave. Oh, you're so courageous to somebody who does something outside of their comfort zone or, you know, climbs some incredible mountain or starts a business and, you know, puts their life savings into everything or whatever it might be. That person's scared. Being brave doesn't mean you're not frightened. Every single person who does something like that is really scared. So when you start to feel that fear, don't think, oh, well, there's something wrong here because I shouldn't be feeling afraid. I should be feeling empowered or excited. No, you absolutely should be feeling afraid. Don't let that put you off because
1: that's what's going to drive. And you. just going back to the piano and the improv, do you think, was that was that something you thought about on your 26 point whatever miles? Or was that something you already had in your mind or something you were already doing? Or was it that you'd already felt that fear and thought, you know, I'm going to do something else that's out my, you know, that's scary?
0: I think the, with the... The piano, I'd always wanted to be able to sit down at parties and play Beatles songs. I don't know what parties I was going to. I don't go to any parties and I don't go to any parties where there is a piano, but somewhere in my head, I would be invited to a party and there'd be a piano (laughs) and I'd play Beatles songs and everyone would sing and I'd be really happy. So that was this little silly vision I had in my head. With the improv, I mean, for the last 10 years, I mean, I did did acting at university. I, I loved it so much. I just fell out of it. I was interested in improv never got into never got into it because I probably couldn't do it you know what would I have to say I can't think of anything to say and um the whole time was in Manchester every three or four months I would look up acting courses improv courses the whole time and there would always be a reason not to do it always be a reason I'm too busy I've got too much on oh my work's unpredictable I'm on the radio I never. know when I'm gonna finish blah 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 And in the end, it was actually my husband, you know, a year or so ago, bought me a course. And I can't tell you what I said when I opened up that envelope and it said, there's an improv course. I actually went, expletive, expletive, expletive. Because I then realized I was going to have to do it because he'd paid for it and he'd bought it. And I thought, oh no, oh no, I'm going to have to do it. And I walked in and I was the only person over 25. I was the only English person there was all these kind of creative 20 year olds and I was thinking what this is a disaster and I just thought just do it just do it just do it for the experience and see how you go and then it turns out I'm quite good at it <laughs> i didn't you know it took me a while but I started to just really enjoy it and love it and then I was approached by a professional um level class who went, look, it's invitation only, but this is improv for performance. So we have to perform at the end of it. It's not just a class you're doing for the fun of it. There's a show. Would you like to do it? And I thought, oh no, why would I want to do that? Stand up in front of people. Anyway, I did it anyway, because I just really loved it. And before every single show, I literally think, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? This is a terrible idea. Who's my, ah this is awful. And then I do it and I love it. And um, it just brings me great joy. So I think, again, you've just got to choose the things that bring you joy with no agenda of this is going to lead here or do this or make me into this person. Just do it because you love it.
1: And I think that's great advice. You know, so people out there who maybe think, gosh, I'm, I'm never going to do improv or piano or, or London marathon. It doesn't matter. Whatever your goals or your you think of, it's it's just think of it in those small bite sized bits, isn't it? And you know what? Stop comparing yourself to other people. Give yourself a break. You know,
0: quite often we make a New Year's resolution and then it comes to February and you go, oh, we've messed it all up. It's all over. I'll forget it all. Give yourself a break. It is not a competition. You do you. Your vision of success, your version of success is not the same as somebody else's. Someone might say, it took you five and a half hours to run the London Marathon. Oh, I did it in four. Oh, you're on your hands and knees. Oh, you you, use, you know, I, I literally don't care less what anyone else did in the London Marathon. I ran a bloody marathon. I did it. And that for me, I don't care how long it took me. And I, this really realisation came to me quite late in life. And I remember when I was still on Five Live presenting there, and I spoke to a woman who, whose photo went viral because she was a woman in her later 40s and she'd never done any exercise since school. You know, so many girls drop out of sport in school and then don't really get back to exercising again. And she decided to do a park run. And it's a five kilometer apart run. And she did it and it took her absolutely ages. That was her her own words. And then when she finished, crossed that finish line, the look on her face, she was absolutely euphoric. And that photo went viral. And I said, and she said, oh, I just love it now because I just go out and, and enjoy it. She said, oh, and I, I walk all right. if I'm feeling a bit tired, I might walk the whole 5k or I might run the whole 5k or I might run in a bit of a walk. And she said, because it's my time and I get to choose what to do with it. And I think that's the thing. And I think I'd held myself to this ridiculously high standard that if I didn't run a marathon in under four and a half hours, what's the point of doing one? Or if I was going to do a park run, if I couldn't run all the way, what's the point of doing it? If I didn't go to the gym five times a week and only went twice, what's the point of doing it? Who's setting these standards? Who's deciding These, these are the rules and regulations? Nobody but you. So actually... Give yourself a break. Every time, sometimes I've gone out on a run. I went to do a run the other day. It was six miles. After two and a half uh, miles, I felt awful. And I thought, you know what? You don't need to prove anything. Go back home. You've you've done enough for today. Your body's telling you, I don't want to do any more today. I can't do any more today. Not like, oh, this is hard, but I can't do any more. Listen to yourself. And I would come, I'm not beating myself up because I still ran two and a half miles. I mean, hello. So again, find your reason that you want to do something. Does it make you feel alive? Does it give you time away from your family? Does it give you some headspace? Does it make you feel physically stronger or mentally stronger? Find your reason. And once you have your reason to do something, That's all you ever need. There's nothing else that needs to be considered.
1: Wow. What a way to kickstart our first 2024 podcast, Miss Samantha Walker. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, it is lovely to see you. I can't believe we missed each other when I I was so close to you in Liverpool for the first time in ages. But guess what? I'm back in England for the London Marathon in April. So we're going to make it happen. We'll
1: have some FaceTime. Whoa! I can't believe it. It's amazing. What a year! What a year! And I, do you know what? I, we we talk on the podcast a lot about our, our tote bags, and it, we started off today's talking about the was it the potted plant? The potted plant approach. Yes, to potted plant parenting. Yep, there yeah. we go. Um, being kind to yourself, um, and so many other little sound bites. I love these little quotes and sound bites. We feel like we need a whole tote bag and t-shirt range with some of the top tips and advice. Sam, thank you so much. For for joining us today and wishing you the most magnificent and powerful 2024 for you happy new year to you missus it's lovely to see you all right back at you and I hope that you loved hearing some of Sam's top tips advice and guidance um, and how to ace not even how to ace how to you do you on your 2024 uh, new year resolutions thank you so much for listening Um, please do stay connected on all of our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all the other ones leave us a review uh, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com and sign up and find out every that we've got going on across Northern Power Women and the Power Collective at our digital hub, wearepower.net. We cannot wait to keep sharing our great inspiration with you each week on our podcast during 2024. Thank you so much. My name is Simone. It's the Northern Power Women podcast of what goes on media production. (laughs)